You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this crossover edition of Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Rockies. I am the Cardinal mega fan, Lucas Smith, joined by the host of Locked On Rockies, Ryan Latica. Everybody knows why we're talking, so Ryan, what are you feeling with this Nolan Arenado trade? I know it's we're the two sides of a different co- of the same coin right now. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously this was, I mean, for me, this was something that was, you know, that was just going. It was inevitable. Um, it was going to happen. You know, I, I, I would have been shocked if Nolan Arenado stuck around with the Rockies throughout his, throughout that duration of the eight-year contract extension he signed a couple of years ago. Um, but I mean, you know, it was always, it was always going to happen, you know, right as soon as that relationship between Nolan Arenado and the Rockies general manager, Jeff Breidich, uh, right as soon as that relationship started to sour, um, in 2019, um, as soon as he just stopped spending after he locked up Nolan to that extension. I mean, this was, I mean, I just, I, I always thought that this was all just always going to happen. Um, it doesn't hurt any less now that it finally has happened, but, uh, I mean, I was, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just been a really exhausting weekend. Oh, I can only imagine. I feel like when you're looking at the, the front office perspective of this first, it, it's you know kind of like how you and I are on two sides of a different coin. Same thing with the Rockies front office and the Cardinals front office. And the fan base reaction of the Rockies to what I've seen, I'm sure you follow more than I do and are more in tune with it, but that that is just so much negative and people not liking the Rockies. And I haven't seen any Rockies jerseys being burned yet, um, but I, I can only imagine – what what the rest of the Rockies fan base is and how they expect to fill that stadium up this year with fans. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you know, I, I follow a lot of, of educated and intelligent Rockies fans on Twitter. There's this little community called rock, you know, it's essentially Rockies Twitter is, you know, what, you know, what it's called, um, whatever, you know, what everybody within this little community calls it, you know, it's made up of guy, you know, if you wanted to go and take a look at their, their Twitter accounts, some of the guys that I follow at Rockies versus Connor, um, the purple dinosaur podcast is, is, a, is a really great one. Those guys, uh, Tyler Mon and Anthony Masterson, they've been running that podcast since I believe 2014. Um, but I mean, the, you know, um, I'm trying to think of who else, Ryan Freemeyer, Jordan Freemeyer, um, you know, all these guys that I follow, you know, just, I mean, and even before this year, you know, at pretty much after the Rockies got swept by the Brewers in the NLDS in 2018, and then didn't do anything that off season, you know, did not, you know, add to the team after they locked up Nolan. And after that, just abysmal 2019 season that the Rockies had, the, the whole attitude toward the team has just been apathetic at this point. Like that's, that's just all there is to it. Just people are apathetic toward this, toward this team. And it's culminated now with the trade of Nolan Arenado. People are like, why should we even continue to root for this team? I mean, when, when the front office has had such a huge part in essentially just torpedoing the, the great young core that they had this contention window where, you know, they're supposed to be able to make some noise in the playoffs for the first time since 2007, you know? So, I mean, it's honestly like fans are just totally apathetic at this point in Colorado. Um, You know, and, and I said this on my emergency podcast too. I mean, Dick Monfort, the Rockies owner essentially chose the Rockies general manager over over the star third baseman. That's that's what happened here. Once that relationship started to sour, the owner, Dick Monfort, had a choice to make. He could either retain Jeff Breidich or he could keep Nolan Arnato because they weren't going to be able to coexist peacefully. I mean, you probably read Ken Rosenthal's report that said the Rockies 
or Jeff Breidich and Nolan Arenado weren't even communicating by the end. So, I mean, that just kind of sums up how toxic this whole situation has, has grown. It's been festering for a year and a half now. And, you know, it's just, it's just been a terrible situation all, all the way around. Well, it seems like since the moment that contract extension was signed, it's been going down. Now, like the contract extension was the height of that relationship, um, and it, 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 it is unfortunate to see. I, I will say that that as a Cardinal fan, I'm thrilled, right? Like, I mean, they have a top five, top three third baseman in the game, but as a baseball fan, you got to wonder how bad this is for baseball, where you have um, a, a cornerstone, a franchise-altering player leave or. or get kicked out because the GM doesn't want to pay the money or doesn't have the ability to whatever. But um, it is unfortunate as a, as a baseball fan, but as a Cardinal fan, this changes the outlook because the NL central was going to be, and probably still is going to be one of the weaker divisions in baseball. And the Cardinals were probably going to be the best of the worst in that case. They were the favorites, but what this does now with Nolan Arenado is it, it allows the lineup to be that much deeper because you've got two of the top five third and first basemen on your team who both have come from the NL West, who both were traded for almost nothing in the last two off seasons, which is just mind blowing to me in general, but this lineup now is a threat. And when you look at the Rockies now, you know, you talked about a little bit on Saturday and we'll, we'll get back to Arenado in a minute, but the next move has to be trying to get Trevor story locked up. Right. And the chances of that seem slim now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, and you know, I, I mentioned this on my emergency podcast on Saturday. It's like, you know, yes, you know, the Rockies intention after trading Nolan Arnato was to free up money to be able to sign Trevor story. That's what this, that's what this trade was. It was a salary dump. That's yeah. just what it boils down to the Rockies salary dumped their best player. <laughs> they didn't get, they didn't get a single top 100 prospect back from the St. Louis Cardinals. It was a freaking absolute steal. I want to actually go back and cause I retweeted something um, earlier today um, that said it beautifully. I don't remember exactly who, let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, but uh, oh yeah. Patrick Lyons, who is part of DNVR. Um, he has, he, he covers the Rockies um, for DNVR. He tweeted earlier today, a quote from Jim Bowden. Um, he said, uh, if the initial reports are accurate, this is one of the most lopsided trades in baseball history. It will go down in history as one of the worst trades ever made by a major league team on behalf of the Rockies. It's almost unfathomable. And so, you know, this is, it was a salary dump. That's what happened. Jeff Breidich wanted Nolan Arenado gone and Nolan Arenado is now gone. You know, they, they're not going to get anybody really back for, you know, from this trade, that's going to be a key, you know, a key piece in helping the Rockies contend in the future. And that's what really, you know, just torpedoes the front office, you know, that, you know, whatever shred of, of faith that fans had in the Rockies front office is now gone because of that. And honestly, you know, going back to your point about Trevor's story, I mean, yeah, you know, the Rockies are going to probably try and lock up Trevor Story at this point. You know, that's probably the point was to free up money to to re-sign Trevor Story. But what incentive does Trevor Story have to want to stick around now? I mean, it's just I, I don't see it. I mean, good freaking luck to 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 Dick Monford and to Jeff Breidich in trying to lock up Trevor Story. I don't see it. If I were Trevor Story, I would run fast and I would run far away from this from this team. If they don't trade him before the end of the season, you know, he he's a free agent after this upcoming season. This is his last year under team control. Right. I mean, he's not going to be here very much longer either. I can guarantee you that. 
Yeah, I saw a tweet. I was trying to look it up while you were talking. I couldn't find it. So my apologies for not finding the credit to this, but it, it basically was like a conversation between the Cardinals and Rockies. And the Cardinals were like, we want your best player, um, your franchise best player. Rockies say no. Cardinals say, how about you throw in $50 million as well? Rockies say yes. Because it, w- it was bizarre whenever I'm, you know, obviously, like we said, as we sit here on Sunday afternoon reporting this, the, the, the return is not official. Right. There have been names thrown around Austin Gomber, Jake Woodford, Luke and Baker, John Torres, who is the highest rated prospect in this group, who, like you said, is not a top 100. He's the only one of the Cardinals top 10 and he's ninth. And I honestly hadn't heard of him very much before this trade and doing research on him. So that's another bizarre thing about it. But I was shocked that I didn't see a Carpenter or a Fowler or a Michaelis, you know, somebody with, with a substantial contract for the Rockies to eat up as well. Um, you know, it's a little complicated with, with Fowler's no trade clause and things like that. But with Carpenter, Matt Carpenter essentially has nowhere to play now because uh, he, he came up as a second baseman. That was seven years ago. I don't think this 35, 34 year old Matt Carpenter is going to play second base. Um, but that $50 million that Arenado is going to, or that the Rockies are going to pay for the, for Arenado's contract is bizarre to me. Cause I mean, you're dumping salary, but you're also paying part of it. You know what I mean? It, it, it It's contradictory almost. More coming up from Ryan and I in just a moment. But first, are you ready for the big game this coming Sunday in the NFL? Well, if you want a place to win some money, win some money for some prop bets, bet on the game. There's one place that has you covered and one place that I trust, one place that we trust on the Locked On Podcast Network. That place, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code that you know and love, Locked On, for your 50% welcome bonus. That's right. That means if you put in $50, you're going to get a free $25 just for putting in that promo code, Locked On. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Who doesn't like free money? You can visit our friends and exclusive partner online at betonline underscore AG on social media to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And let's talk about the show's sponsor today, the new and improved, the delicious Built Bar. 18 incredible flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors. You all know my favorite. It's cookies and cream. I got a box last week, and it helped get me through officiating five basketball games, and it can help you get through a workout as well. Other flavors that I enjoy, coconut, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, and orange. Every single one of these bars are soft and easy to chew, and best of all, they're covered 100% in delicious chocolate but they're still great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Let's take a look at the cookies and cream flavor profile. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and as always, that incredible Built Bar taste. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's right, it's up to 20%. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And before we get you back to Ryan and I, talking about Nolan Arenado, we are covering everything you need to know about the St. Louis Cardinals, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered as well with Locked On Today. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every single morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Here's more of Ryan Latica and I talking about the Nolan Arenado trade. 
Yeah, and and this was something that um, I, I have to find it really quick. Um, Drew Creaseman, who is the other um, Rockies reporter for DNVR, um, I don't. So I want to I want to um, specify this up front. Um, Drew Creaseman has um, a lot of opinions that. Um, just to put it nicely, a lot of Rockies Twitter disagrees with um, Drew Creaseman. I mean, he he has a more optimistic, like a, consistently a more optimistic view of just looking at what happens with the Rockies in general. Sometimes I agree with it. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but he, I think he made a pretty good point tweeting out, um, tweeting out right after it happened that the $50 million that the Rockies paid the car, like it's just, it's freaking incredible that they didn't get any top 100 prospects back. And they also paid the Cardinals $50 million to take the best player. One of the best players in franchise history, you know, if not the best player, you know, if, if he had stuck around, but Drew Creaseman tweeted out the $50 million is proof that the Rockies weren't afraid um, that he was going to leave. They were afraid he was going to stay. Um, And so I guess, you know, that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to think about that at this point. I mean, I'm still just trying to, you know, comprehend everything that's going on and try and, you know, make my own informed opinions about, you know, what's been going on. Um, but I mean, they obviously felt like they had to do this right now. You know, they couldn't wait until the trade deadline. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't wait till in the middle of the season. They, ha- they obviously felt like they had to do it right now. And I guess that that must have just been, um, um, you know, one of the um, one of the one of the points that the Cardinals needed was to be able to take on the rest of Nolan. I mean, the rest of Nolan's contract. Nolan had one hundred ninety nine million dollars left on his contract before this trade happened. And you know, I was I was sending you direct messages on Twitter. You know, kind of just you know going through you know what what the trade would look like. Um, a couple of days ago, this was before it broke, and I was saying, oh, you know, maybe like a Nolan Gorman or a Walker. You know, one of your two two top third base prospects, um, maybe some middling pitching prospects, and then one of your older veteran guys to like kind of offset that salary. But I mean, obviously that was even a little bit too optimistic because none of the older veteran guys came over. The Rockies essentially just set Nolan, Nolan Arenado on a plane with a bag of $50 million to the St. Louis Cardinals. So, Well, let's talk about that contract because that contract is, is complex. And with the amount of money that's being moved, the reason why it's taking a little bit longer Correct me if I'm wrong, but because of the opt-out, the no-trade clause, and the amount of money, it's got to go through the players' union and MLB for approval. And the reports that I'm seeing, this combination of, of Jeff Pass and Ken Rosendahl, Buster only Bob Nightingale, um, Cardinals guy named Jeff Jones, etc. Essentially, what the Cardinals are getting, um, Nolan's going to get an extra year worth $15 million on his contract. He's going to get an extra opt-out after 2022 as well. So essentially what the Cardinals are looking at right now is about a seven year, six to seven year, depending on what that last year ends up being about 150, $164 million. If that $50 million is accurate. And I know Nolan's 29. We'll talk about the course effect in a little bit, but why, you know, I think I'm on your page, why that's not going to be a huge deal, but for Nolan Arenado, six, seven years, 150, 164, I, that's a great contract for St. Louis because essentially that, that's what they're getting him for. And, you know, to, to have two cornerstones like that at first and third, that's a huge get for St. Louis. Super complicated, though. It's how we're going to get to that point. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you mentioned it early on in the podcast, you know, Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt, both on the corners, you know, name a better, you know, corner situation in baseball oh, than yeah. Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know how they, how they freaking managed to do that while giving up so little. Um, but yeah, and, and, and this was the other thing, you know, part of that contract, the opt out coming out after 2021, that was always just going to be a huge, huge hurdle to clear for the Rockies, you know, to be able to trade Nolan to anybody, you know, not just the Cardinals, but to anybody, because, you know, you're not certain that, you know, like in the Cardinals situation, you're not certain that they're going to have him past 2021. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Nolan has talked with the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, people up in the front office or maybe some of the players there. And I'm sure that, you know, after spending eight years in Colorado, I'm sure Nolan is not going to, I mean, unless he has like some kind of enormous offensive MVP type season where he feels he can just go out and, you know, earn, you know, even more money than he's got with the Rockies and now the Cardinals right now, he's, you know, he's not opting out. Nolan's going to stick around, but obviously the Rockies really back themselves into a corner because that could be used as a huge, you know, a huge leverage, a piece for leverage in negotiations uh, for, you know, with other teams to take on that, that contract. Yeah, you mentioned you know, on our talking to guys, there's an article in the St. Louis Post Dispatch this, this morning um, by Derek Gold, how he talked with Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday, longtime rock. He actually shared a season with Arenado back in 2018, I believe it was. Yeah. And Holiday talked about, and you talked about it on, on your episode on Saturday, just the, the incredible work ethic that, that Arenado has, the incredible desire to win that, for all intents and purposes, Colorado is not fulfilling. Um, and something like, like St. Louis would. So there, there's a lot of talk right now that because of that and because no names were mentioned in this, but there have been reports that Arnauto was also talking to current Cardinal players. Um, and I think there have been reports in the past that he has been adamant about wanting to play with Yadier Molina, one of the best defensive catchers in the game. Um, but j- just that relationship with, with the players that he seems to already have in St. Louis and the desire t- to win that St. Louis, for all intents and purposes, will satisfy – there's really a high optimism that he's not going to opt out or if he does, it'll be a quick opt out and resign or that he will agree to terms of a contract before that opt out. I don't think he's going to sign a contract before he plays a game like Paul Goldschmidt did before the 2019 season, just because of COVID and the, the season being shortened, which we, you know, there's reports out uh, Sunday about that too, the new proposal, but that's for another time. Uh, but I, I don't see Arenado opting out. And I think that that was a big reason that the Cardinals pulled the trigger on this trade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, like I said earlier, unless he has this kind of huge offensive MVP campaign, you know, I mean, just with the with the economy, the way that it is the you know, the the free agent climate, the way that it is right now, you know, obviously, we didn't have fans in the stands at all during the 2020 season who I mean, they're, they're optimistically saying that they're going to try and get fans in the stands in 2021. I, you know, I mean, I mentioned on my podcast this past week, I don't see that happening at all. I think that's going to be a huge disaster. I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw that the the uh the la i believe it was the la times report um I, I i'd have to check on that i don't remember exactly which um publication it was in but there was there was a report that came out at like a couple weeks ago saying that you know they're the the covid protocols they're going to have in place are totally lax they're not going to you know require vaccines or you know or proof of covid testing and you know in order to let fans into the stands and i think that's just going to be a total disaster so we'll have to kind of see what the 2021 season looks like but i mean you know the whole financial climate in major league baseball especially with the cba expiring after this coming up uh, after this upcoming season too I mean, it, it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for Arnauto to opt out, especially now that he's with a team that'll actually give them that chance to win, as you mentioned. 
Yeah, that, that's another good point about the, the CBA. And another thing, too, before we move on, because I want to ask you about the, the Coors effect that we talked about in our last crossover. Um, but the Cardinals have a history of this. They have a history of trading for big names and signing them. Matt Holliday is even an example back in 2009. They weren't able to trade for him from, from Colorado, so he gets traded to Oakland and then traded to St. Louis, and they sign him. Same thing with Paul Goldschmidt that I already mentioned. So I think that that history as well bodes well for St. Louis being able to, to sign Nolan to either A, an extension, or B, just keep the contract that he has on the books. Um, talking about, about the Coors effect, I sent out a tweet um, to kind of talking about um, looking at some stats that, you know, I don't, I don't want to bore anybody with, with the stats or anything like that, but how his, his road numbers, yes, are worse, but you brought up an interesting point that, and that I've read in a couple of different articles, that it, it's almost better that he's not playing at Coors half the time because then he's not having to adjust and readjust. Explain your thought process on that. Yeah. So essentially we saw this happen with DJ LeMahieu. Um, you know, I want to go back to, I believe, you know, right after the 2018 season when DJ LeMahieu left the Colorado Rockies and signed to the New York Yankees, all the Yankees fans were saying, ah, you know, why didn't you go out and get Manny Machado? You know, why'd you go and get DJ LeMahieu? Some, you know, rando from Colorado who's going to turn into a nobody once he leaves, you know, his, his offensive stats are just going to tank and, you know, it's just going to be a total disaster and the Yankees have failed us. And, you know, you can go and you can go and look at the replies on the tweet. I mean, Lindsay Adler, who covered the Yankees for the athletic she you know she retweeted that tweet from like two years ago when the Yankees PR department tweeted out that they had signed LeMahieu and, and the replies to that are just freaking hilarious yeah. um but I mean you saw it happen with DJ LeMahieu DJ left Colorado and he got instantly better not only just because of the well, there, there are a couple reasons for that. Number one is that the Rockies, this was reported by the uh, Nick Groke, who covers the Rockies for The Athletic. The Rockies have been shrinking their analytics department quite considerably. They only have like one or two guys in their analytics department right now, which is a huge part in what makes baseball player, you know, baseball players and baseball teams good. I mean, we, we see teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they embrace analytics. And look at that. You know, they're the two teams in the World Series last year. Mm-hmm. So the Rockies... I mean, they've always been slow on the uptake, you know, with regards to moving into the moving into the future, I guess I should say, um, and, and kind of adopting what works for Major League Baseball in the right now. So that's number one. And number two is what you mentioned, the cores, the cores field effect or the, you know, what 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 we refer to as the cores field hangover effect. And essentially what happens um, is when you're an offensive player. It, who, when you're a player who plays for the Rockies and you spend half your games at Coors Field, pitches behave differently at altitude than they do at sea level or anywhere else. Uh, you know, off-speed pitches, they don't have as much bite at uh, at altitude, you know, as they do on the road. You know, curveballs are going to break a lot more on the road than they will at altitude. Sliders will have a lot more bite. And the the constant struggle that, that the Colorado Rockies players are going through year in and year out is needing to constantly adjust just to seeing pitches behave differently at their home park versus when they leave their home park and go on, go out on the road. And DJ LeMahieu, he stopped needing to adjust to that. He, you know, he stopped needing to go from altitude to sea level and altitude to sea level, you know, not even to mention the, the toll that that takes on your body physically, right. you know, um, and so Nolan Arenado, you know, I think that he'll be fine. Um, Mike Petriello tweeted, he thought, you know, that Nolan Arenado's numbers would go down a little bit just because St. Louis isn't historically a great hitters park. 
Um, but it's not because of, you know, what his, what his road, what his home and road splits were as a Colorado Rocky, you know, fans are always replying to tweets, you know, from the MLB account saying, oh, well, you know, you look at his road splits, that's really who he is as a Rocky when it's simply just not true. You know, once, once Rockies players can get out of Coors Field and stop needing to make that constant adjustment to what the pitches are doing at their home park versus on the road, you know, I've, you know, this is why I believe that Nolan Arnato will become a much better offensive player once he leaves Colorado. And you'll see the, you know, the kind of the home and road splits, um, the gap between those two kind of narrow uh, quite significantly. I think that's huge, huge news as a Cardinal fan, because, you know, like, like you said, the stigma around it is that he's going to get worse. But for a guy that covers the Rockies to say that, that's awesome for a Cardinal fan. And I, lo- I looked it up, 24 games of Bush Stadium for Arenado, slash line 278, 337, 511. I'll take a 511 stuck in any day of the week, 848 OPS, five home runs, 17 RBIs. So if he does that, it, even if he doesn't hit 300, or if he hits 275, 280, hits 30, 35 home runs, even 25 to 30 home runs, that's a huge win for St. Louis because chances are Matt Carpenter wasn't going to give you that. He, he just wasn't. Um, so when, you, when you're looking at, at this trade, it does a lot of different things for the Cardinals' perspective, like I talked about, because you're probably going to bat him third or fourth. I would personally go fourth behind Goldschmidt. That's just a feel thing for me. I don't really have any stats to back that opinion up, but I just like Goldschmidt, 30 and Arnold four. And for me, what that does too is it takes a ton of pressure off of Dylan Carlson. Because Dylan Carlson, top Cardinal prospect, he should be playing every day in the outfield in 2021. You see a lot of guys that, you know, that are – if there are one or two guys that are, like, solid players, they put a lot of pressure on themselves, right? So I think with, with Nolan coming in, Dylan can, can now say, all right, I don't have to put as much pressure on myself because I've, I've got Goldschmidt and Arenado behind me or in front of me that, that are going to do a lot of the damage. I can just kind of relax and do my thing. So th- this Arenado trade, to put, to put it bluntly, lengthens this Cardinal lineup immensely. Um, so, so I just think this, th- this trade w- was a genius move. I tweeted out earlier uh, on Friday or Saturday, I don't know what the Rockies are doing, but I'm just happy they're doing it. Yeah. So, so there, so there are two things here that I want to say to that. Number one, um, you know, and I completely agree with you too, but number one, I want to kind of go back. Can you, can you just repeat those stats for, for Nolan um, in at Bush stadium? You said 20, what, 24 games, 24 games, uh, 278 batting average, 337 on base, 511 slugging, 848 OPS, five home runs, 17 RBIs and six doubles. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is um, with that is, um, Yeah. Yeah. A total of 24 games, but those, you know, that's broken into like, you know, little, you know, three and four game sets. That's not even, you know, that's not even, you know, over, over any kind of consistent basis that he's playing at, at Bush stadium. So once, once he's going to be able to have that kind of continuity and really get used to Bush stadium as, as his home park, I would expect that to go up as well. Um, And, and number two, when you said that you have no idea what the Rockies are doing, that is a, (laughs) that is that is just such a consistent, you know, feeling throughout not only Rockies fans and the people that I follow on Twitter, but just people throughout Major League Baseball. I mean, you saw Fabian Ardaya. He covers the Angels for The Athletic, former ASU graduate, too. I went to ASU as well. Um, but, you know, I mean, he tweeted out, you know, what are the Rockies doing? Every, every, everybody's just tweeting, what are the Rockies doing? And that's the thing. Nobody has an answer. This is this is what has angered Rockies fans so much over, you know, over the last pretty much since their last playoff appearance in 2018 before, you know, the total just disaster that happened in 2019 was the Rockies don't have a plan. 
like nobody nobody just it's just nobody has any idea what is going on jeff breidich you can look this up because this is this is absolutely true what i'm about to say jeff breidich in uh drew goodman drew goodman is the rockies play-by-play guy on at&t sportsnet he wrote a book um and jeff breidich in that book he said something like you know oh the rock you know he, he was criticizing the media because he doesn't think that the media has the right to, you know, analyze what he does or, you know, criticize what he does as a general manager because, you know, quote, they've never even led anything in their lives. That's what he said. And he, he compared being a major league general manager to being a brain surgeon in the fact that you can't criticize what he's doing until you've actually done it yourself in the way that you wouldn't criticize a brain surgeon for, you know, what they do, you know, doing brain surgery because you, you haven't studied medicine or you haven't done brain surgery yourself, which is just the, the hugest false equivalency I've ever heard. But this is how the Rockies, this is how the Rockies are run. Dick Monfort, the owner, runs it like a, like a big happy family. The Rockies are simply a, another business interest to him. I mean, um, it was Les Shapiro who tweeted out either earlier today or yesterday, um, that he cares, he cares if the Rockies win, but he doesn't care enough. He won't do what the Padres, you know, what the Padres are doing to take them to the next level. And so, you know, I mean, you take a look at, at, at uh, Dan O'Dowd's tenure as, as the Rockies GM before uh, Jeff Breidich took over. Dan O'Dowd was not fired. Dan O'Dowd left. Same with Jim Tracy. Jim Tracy left one of the Rockies' former managers and uh, former NL manager of the year. You also look at Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss was not fired. Walt Weiss left. People do not get fired in this organization. They, you know, Dick Monford essentially just waits them out until they leave and then hires from within. And, you know, this is just what's so frustrating about Rockies fans is there's absolutely no accountability there. And, you know, it's just, it's just how this is, it's just how this franchise has always been run. It's definitely frustrating as a Rockies fan. Um, I, I feel I feel the pain. I understand it. But there, there are so many different angles we could go off of on, on this trade from Rockies to their, their future, what they're getting back. And I'm sure we'll be able to break that down, down over the coming weeks. But it, it definitely it, it came as a shock because the last offseason, you know, there were these rumors Then Arnauto even comes out saying that he felt disrespected. And I was like, oh, he's got to be traded. Like, 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 that's the end of the line. Like if he doesn't like his relationship, if he doesn't like the GM, He's got to go, right? Um, ends up coming up uh, the, the following offseason. But this this trade, like you said, what was inevitable, at least from the Rockets' perspective. And Cardinals didn't always feel this way. But definitely two fan bases right now that are feeling the exact opposite. Um, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here. But, Ryan, it was, it was, it was good talking with you. I know that this, <laughs> the subject matter might not have been what you wanted it to be. Um, but hope oh, yeah, it's always, always good talking with you, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping the Rockets can do something with, with the prospects that, that, that they get back. But why don't you tell listeners, uh, my listeners, where they can find you if they, if they want to find you. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously I'll have um, I'll have coverage breaking down that, you know, this Nolan Arnauta trade, as I'm sure you will as well over the over the coming weeks um, on Locked on Rockies. My 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 personal Twitter account is at Ryan Latica, L-A-D-I-K-A. Um, and you can also follow uh, Locked on Rockies at Twitter at L-O Rockies. All right. I'm Lucas Smith. LJ Fastball is my Twitter name. LO underscore Cardinals is the Twitter and Instagram handle. Ryan, I, I hope you, I hope that, that this next weekend will treat you a little bit better than this weekend. And I uh, hope you hope you're doing well. Stay safe. Thanks, man. You too.